Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. It's the day you've all been waiting for, or at least I've been waiting for, my NFL predictions coming out for you right now. It's going to take up the whole episode. Basically, what we are going to do is I'm going to give you, well, my NFL predictions. I'm going to go through every team's record, in my opinion. Um, So basically, you know, I'll go division by division. And then I'll make my playoff predictions because I have my six, uh, in total, 12, six from each conference that I'll make it. And then I've got my Super Bowl winner and I've got the awards. I've got my awards for MVP, uh, Defensive Player or Offensive Player of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year. You know, you get the whole, you get the gist. All those awards along with my uh, standing predictions, my playoff predictions, all of that coming at you today. I just want to also throw this one out there, Anchor mobile app. I know I say it a lot at the end of episodes, but I feel like not all of you stick around till the end of the episode. So for those of you newer listeners who don't even know this exists, you can call into my podcast on the Anchor mobile app, uh, type in after the buzzer sports talk. Download the Anchor mobile app, type in after the buzzer shorts talk, and you can send in a voice message. If you can't get the Anchor mobile app on Safari, type in after the buzzer sports talk on Anchor, and you can send in a voice message that way. Uh, so you can basically send in maybe, uh, you know, quickly, you can send in your NFL predictions. Maybe you can critique mine. Anything you want to talk about. It doesn't just have to be NFL or predictions or any of that. So uh, first and foremost, we're going to start off with the AFC East. So let's get to that. Okay, so winning the AFC East, I'll go in order. Here, here's my predictions. Coming in first, I've got the Patriots at 11-5. I think the Patriots will keep their century, it feels like, of a streak of winning the AFC East alive this year. Uh, I know so I have one guy, I forget his name, on NFL Network. I don't have NFL Network on my TV. But I've seen it before. Thinks the Bills are going to win. A few people think the Jets. But majority of people aren't stupid. And they picked the Patriots to win the division. I think, oh yeah, before I throw this out there too, I did the math on all this. So there are a total of 512 games in the NFL. Which means 256 wins and 256 losses. I'm not going to do ties. Although one could potentially happen. So I did the math. There's This is an inaccurate, not inaccurate. This is a in. And this is an accurate record prediction. I'm not just throwing out numbers. I did the math on it. Patriots going 11 and five and winning the AFCs. They went 11 and five last year. I think they've got somewhat of a tough schedule. They've got some tough games in there. They're going to drop a few games. You know they're going to drop at least one of their first four games, potentially two. That's just how the Patriots roll. And I do think they're going to go 11 and five. They're going to have some regular season struggles, but nonetheless get through it pretty easily and. I wouldn't say win the division handily uh, because I think in my second place team, the New York Jets could give them somewhat of a run for their money at nine and seven. I think overall the whole year we'll imagine the Patriots are going to win. I do think you know, at the beginning of the year, if they do start two and two or uh, in the first five games, like three and two, some people may say, oh, the Jets are going to win the division. Just a few of those clowns that haven't got it at this point, you know, uh, are going to say, oh, the Jets are going to win the division. But we all know it's probably going to be the Patriots. I think they'll easily win it at 11-5. and five. But 9-7 and seven of the Jets, uh, 
I'm not, I'm not going to say uh, if the Jets are going to make or miss the playoffs, but they're right on the border. You'll figure that out in a minute. Actually, I'll just tell you, the Jets, unfortunately, don't make the playoffs. But they're close, okay? I think the Jets have made some great additions. I, I think Sam Darnold's going to have a breakout season this year. I just, I really do. I think when we saw last season, just, uh, just scuffed stats, uh, if you will. Because I just think some of those games, like the game where he throw, threw four interceptions against the Dolphins, were not all his fault. His center was horrible that game. That might be the worst performance I've ever seen a center make. I mean, this guy just had a horrible offensive line last year. His weapons in his receiving core weren't horrible, but they weren't very good either. He didn't have uh, great running game support-wise, and his defense was eh. Not to mention the coaching wasn't great either. Okay, so you had all those things. He dealt with injuries as well as his rookie season. But at the end of the season, he really started to heat up. And Sam Darnold, statistically, was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying he will be one of the best quarterbacks this year. But I do think Sam Darnold will have a breakout season this year. And I do think he showed us something at the end of the year. Then he, you know, got hurt. So, I mean, he's, has, he's got a hopefully at least a little bit better of an offensive line this year. A Le'Veon Bell will certainly be better than anyone they had in the backfield last year. Even if he doesn't come back very well, he'll still be one of the better backs in the league. I think their receiving core, although they didn't make many additions, Robbie Anderson, Chris Herdman, you can even throw in Quincy Nunwa. I mean, they did add Jamison Crowder, which is going to help, but like Robbie Anderson, Chris Herdman, they're young guys getting a bit older, getting a bit better. So I do think the receiving core will be a little better. And they made a lot of additions uh, defensively, for example, C.J. Mosley. So I do think all around they're a better team around Sam Darnold. He's got another year under his belt. I think the Jets could really have a good season this year. They'll go 9-7. and seven. I think they'll just miss the playoffs, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets slide in there. I'm not sure how much noise they could make in the playoffs, but I think this is that leaping year out of mediocrity for the New York Jets. Not sure they'll ever, you know, win a Super Bowl anytime soon, but I do think this is that year where they take that next step. Then I've got the Bills in third at six and ten. Now they did go six and ten last season. I want to pull up some NFL standings here because uh, from last season. Uh, but the Bills, I think, will go six and ten. I do like their defense. I think they have a nice, sound defense. Nothing that's gonna, you know, blow you out of the water, talent wise. But they do have some guys that got guys like Tredavious White back there. And I like their defense overall. I like the I love the Ed Oliver pick. I'm not sure how much of an impact he'll make right away. But I I, I just like where that defense is heading. Offensively is where the questions start to grow. They obviously cut LaShawn McCoy. What does that mean for the run game? Frank Gore will give you nice little backup numbers, but you can't rely on him to be the starter. It really depends what can Devin Singletary do. He's a third-round draft choice from for the Buffalo Bills. I think you're going to have to hope he has a solid season. Josh Allen, I think people – he's underrated, but some people are tending to overrate him. I don't – I think he's – one of the worst starters at the moment in the NFL. I mean, he is young. He's developing, obviously, all of that. I get it. I get it. But I, I do. I just don't see him having a fantastic season. I could see him racking up a solid amount of touchdowns because of rushing numbers. But overall, he's got a cannon for an arm. You know, he, he has that scrambling ability, but overall he needs to work on his accuracy. He just needs to develop as a player, a pocket passer, all of that. Uh, hopefully, the upgraded offensive line. Sorry for the stuttering. Hopefully, the upgraded offensive line will help him out. I 
I think it should. It should at least help him be able to stay in the pocket and not have to scramble as much, which should help develop his pocket passing skills and his accuracy and all of that jazz. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he does. They added guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley. Overall, I think he'll have a solid defense to help him out, but I'm not a huge fan of his weapons. And at the end of the day, I think the Bills will go 6-10. and 10. I think 7-9 and nine is fair as well, but I can't see them winning the division obviously I just don't think many people see that either. I can't see them winning the division. I can't see them going nine and seven. I think six and 10 is pretty fair. Uh, they did go six and 10 last season, so I don't see them improving much, but we'll, we'll see what happens. happens. Uh, I don't know what else, I don't know what else to say. On to the Dolphins. Sorry about that. Uh, Mike, Mike issue there. It's going to happen. Uh, as we grow as a podcast, we'll get better and better equipment right now. It's obviously the start and until those listens go up, until I get better at my craft, we'll get a better mic. Uh, but for now, this is what we're dealing with. That happens time for time, time to time. So I'm sorry. And coming in at last place in the AFC East, and I don't want to spoil anything, but at least tied for last in the NFL is the Dolphins with the two and fourteen record. You could argue three and thirteen. You could even argue four and twelve. But I can't even argue past four and twelve. This team's going to be one of the worst in the league. The Dolphins are clearly tanking. They're going to have a first-year head coach in Brian Flores. He's a defensive-minded coach. They're going to roll out there with Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the year. I think if he starts the first two or three weeks, he should win you at least one game because that's just Ryan Fitzpatrick for you. He's super inconsistent. Uh, For any of you in those Survivor Leagues, don't pick for or against the Dolphins in the first few weeks. Don't pick... Any matchups that the Dolphins are even involved, you just don't know. Until Rosen gets in there, until later in the year, when Josh Rosen and the Dolphins just continue to lose, and they go up against, you know, God knows who, a good team, not in Miami, pick against them. But I I honestly, they're just clearly tanking. You trade Laramie, Tunsil, and Kenny Stills. People are saying this could become an issue now. Is taking it become an issue uh, they got guys there like Xavier Howard, you know, even Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker. Like, that's what I'm talking about for their top talent. They just don't, don't have anyone. They obviously trade Kiko Alonso, too. He's very good middle linebacker. So it'll be interesting, but I, do, I just think they're going to at least have a top three draft pick in the NFL. You usually see four, at least four teams get four wins or less. The Dolphins are going to be one of those teams, right? I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's only going to serve you for the first few weeks, and he'll serve you one or two wins in those first few weeks. So you just can't go past that. The Dolphins are a bit questionable, maybe even to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, because your team's tanking. Why are you you throwing out Ryan Fitzpatrick to win you games and not develop Josh Rosen? But I understand you don't want to rush Josh Rosen in them. Give him a few more weeks to ease his way into the system. Then we can throw them out there. Maybe that's their philosophy. But I look at this Dolphins team, I just don't think you can take them seriously heading into the season. Now we are going to move on to the AFC North. And in first, this this one's controversial. This is where things get interesting, okay? Because the AFC East is always so easy to predict. Outside, I mean, the Patriots are easy to predict. They're at least 10 wins. They're going to win the division. The Dolphins are at most three to four wins. The Bills and Jets are a bit more wild cards, but the AFC East, it's just boring to predict, right? 
I got through the AFC East. Like, this is easy. Making these predictions are not easy for me at all. Now, I want to tell you guys this. Stay till the end, at least, of my regular season predictions because I have interesting stats that I want to tell you that helped me make my predictions that can help you make your predictions too. So if you're listening to this and you're like, all right, I'm going to head out, like, right at, like in, like, two minutes, like, out of this podcast, no. Stay because I have very interesting stats that are going to help you guys because they help me too. My predictions would be so much worse if it weren't for these stats, because I can guarantee you that. And you'll see why. Stick to the end of my regular season predictions. AFC North, I've got the Steelers winning the AFC North with an 11-5 record. Yeah, some would say the Browns. A few would argue the Ravens. No one's arguing the Bengals. If you argue the Bengals, just you're not, you're just, you're playing around. The Ravens have an argument because they won last year and they're Team overall didn't get a whole lot worse, but I just don't see them winning the division. I think it really comes down to the Browns and the Steelers. I'm going with with the Steelers with an 11 and 5 record. (sighs) Some people are going to pick the Browns. Now, I have the Browns coming in at 10 and 6, second in the division. Here's why I went who has more talent? The Cleveland Browns. Who is more experienced? The Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the first time we can say this for, about the Steelers in the wild, but who is l- more drama-free? The Steelers, the Steelers are almost somewhat pretty much drama-free. The Browns are going to have a ton of drama this year. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, with ego problems, you've got, you've got OBJ, you've got Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't ca- call uh, Jarvis Landry you know, an ego problem, but uh, he carries himself in a pretty big way. Uh, He's, you know, pretty flashy receiver, I guess you could say. He's not really an ego problem, but I just throw all these guys together with a first-year head coach in Freddie Kitchens. I just don't think that mixes well. I really don't, and I think that's going to hurt the Browns in a game or two this season. But I'm going to have the Browns getting in because I think, one, I might overrate this issue a little bit, and two, they have too much talent. And they were close to missing in my predictions. But I'm going to throw the Browns in there. But don't be shocked if the Browns miss the playoffs. You've heard it here first. If they end up going 12-4 and and win the division, that's fine. Because I think they have the talent to do that. But I do think there will be a little friction in that locker room. A little friction between the the play calling and the uh, quarterback. And maybe the star wide receiver there. I don't know. I'm just saying it could happen. Then you bring back Kareem Hunt. He could be a distraction, that whole thing. I just think there are a lot of big egos there, a lot of things that could be distractions. It'll be hard for a first-year head coach in Freddie Kitchens to handle. And then you look at the Steelers. I think, yeah, you lost Antonio Brown. Yes, you have lost Le'Veon Bell. He was gone last year. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster will handle that number one role just fine. This man had 111 receptions last year. He can handle this role. Now, I'm not sure because you have to factor it at the same time. Every team's top corner was on Antonio Brown. That relieved pressure from Juju Smith-Schuster because he's a number one wide receiver talent getting treated like a number two by the defense. And that happens to a few guys. Like Stephon Diggs could be argued, but I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is a special type. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the game, and he just had, you know, luckily had Antonio Brown. So, that could be a difference for Juju, but he'll handle that role just fine. James Conner showed us what he could do. I think that offensive line will be a little worse this season. 
Same with Ben Roethlisberger because they're both aging, but they'll still be good and reliable. And their defense overall, I think the Steelers' defense is underrated. I hate their secondary. Oh, I don't hate their secondary. I just don't like their secondary. But they have a good front seven. I mean, T.J. Watt, I think, you know, what did he have, like 11 sacks last season? He's going to continue to get better. I like T.J. Watt. He's just kind of underrated in the shadow of his brother, J.J. Watt, who's an absolute beast. But... And there's no denying that. But T.J. Watt, he's very good. Just that whole front seven as a core is underrated. I think they had Devin Bush. Uh, he might be my uh, defensive player of the year pick. Not sure. Not going to spoil anything. Not saying he is, but he's up there. Uh, you'll see if he is or not. You're just going to have to stay tuned. But I think they've got they, – they, they solved the playmaker problem with Devin Bush as well. So I like the Steelers team to win the AFC North this year over the likes of the Browns and even the Ravens. And we'll throw in the Bengals. And then I've got the Ravens going 8-8. Eight and eight. I wanted to put them at 7-9 and nine or even 6-10. and 10. I couldn't put them over 8-8. Eight and eight, But I decided to go with 8-8 eight and because eight I remember this team won the division last year. And I feel like people are forgetting that because people are thinking, well, the Steelers should have a bounce back year. And people are really getting on the ground type train. Like, there's a ton of talent there. And people just hate on Lamar Jackson and forget the Ravens made the playoffs last season, right? Not saying the Ravens will win the division, but I do think they'll be a little better than people expect. Uh, Their defense lost a piece or two. They lost Eric Weddle. They did add Earl Thomas. Uh, I do think their defense is starting to age a bit. I do think their defense will be a little worse this season. They lost Sean Brown. Overall, though, you added Mark Ingram. I think Ingram will be better than Alex Collins uh, ever was. So you add a little bit in that run game there. I'm just really concerned about their pass. Uh, pass game. Yeah, the defense may get a little worse, but it's still going to be very good. And I think between Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, they're going to get a lot of rushing yards. But Lamar Jackson has shown me nothing that he can, uh, that he's improved his throwing ability. And I don't like the receivers in that receiving core. Their passing game really scares me. Uh, Not in a good way either. Uh, If I'm a Ravens fan, it's scary because it just isn't good. And if Lamar Jackson could develop even somewhat of a reliable arm, he would be a good starting quarterback, and I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm just saying if Lamar Jackson could become an average volume thrower along with an elite scrambling ability, he would be an over-average quarterback in today's NFL because, you know, he could use that to his advantage to his rushing. I mean, it it could work in his advantage where teams kind of game plan for a ton of rushes from Lamar Jackson and that, uh, you know, maybe a fake QB draw you know, where he fakes it to Mark Ingram and he scrambles out to the right side, looks like he's scrambling, finds a guy open downfield. I don't know. Maybe he could use that to his advantage, that scrambling ability and that ability where we – not ability, but that weakness of throwing the ball will kind of make defenses keep seven or eight in the front. Uh, you make it a front eight or a front seven to contain uh, Lamar Jackson. That opens some guys up downfield. I don't know. Maybe that'll work. How will we work out? But just don't forget about the Ravens. Not saying they'll win the division, but I think people are sleeping on the Ravens a bit. They didn't get you. They're pretty much the same team they were last season. They had some losses, had some additions overall. They're about the same team they were last season. Last season they won the division, and I understand that last season. The Steelers should be better this year, and so should the Browns. But you have to remember also what they did when Lamar Jackson started. I mean, when Joe Joe Flacco almost took them out of the season last season, Lamar Jackson brought them back in. So just don't sleep on the Ravens for me. 
And then the Bengals, I've got them going 3-13. I don't think they'll do anything, frankly. I just really don't. Um, Andy Dalton, this is make-or-break season for him. They need to get a replacement. They got Ryan Finley. A lot of people love Ryan Finley, and he could be the next guy. Uh, But this is Dalton's last chance. New head coach in Zach Taylor. Dalton could show us something new under uh, a new head coach in Zach Taylor. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Tyler Boyd should have a nice season. But other than that, A.J. Green's banked up. Overall, how can you really love this Bengals team? Yeah, they got Joe Mixon. Yeah, they got Tyler Boyd, a new head coach. But 3-13, and they're in a pretty tough division as well. I don't see the Bengals making any noise this season. Now I'm going to move over to the AFC South. Uh, and in first place, I've got the Houston Texans. I've got them going 12-4. Now you could say I'm overrating the Houston Texans. You can say it all you want. But... I'm going to go with that prediction. The Jadavian Clowney trade was horrible. But they made up for it with the Laramie Tunsil trade. I'm telling you, plus the Carlos Hyde trade, overall that day was not bad for them. Listen, the Jadavian Clowney trade's going to hurt. But I've seen them succeed with, without this guy before because he's constantly banged up. This isn't the Texans' first rodeo without playing with Jadavian Clowney. And you have to remember all the pieces they still have. J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless. They have guys on that defense. And they played without Jadavian Clowney before. I think the Texans are going to go 12-4, and win their respective division. Yes, that means... They are already, they're the one seed so far. We'll have to see what happens in the AFC West. We'll have to see if I have anyone going 12 and 4 and winning the tiebreaker with the Texans or going 13 and 3 or 14 and 2. You'll have to see. But the Texans are at least a lock to be a top two seed. That means I have the Texans not playing on uh, Wild Card Weekend. And that's not because they missed the playoffs. That's because they were too good for Wild Card Weekend. Yes, I think the Texans will go 12-4. and You know I love my boy DeAndre Hopkins. You know I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think with the addition of Laramie Tunsil, Deshaun Watson will be that much better. If Watson can just stay healthy, he'll have an MVP-type season. I believe it. I think this guy's got the talent. He's got the scrambling ability. He's got the arm. You now all of a sudden add, you know, you already have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, If Will Fuller can stay healthy, I think DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller will be one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. Then you add Kenny Stills. He is a great third option behind Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. When both are healthy, that is one of the best wide receiver duos in the league, in my opinion. Kenny Stills is a great third option to round that all out. And although that Texans offensive line has worked, they still have work to do. You just added a great young left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line, and I think Laramie Tunsil is going to fill that role in and keep Deshaun Watson protected. Watson has played well without with the bad offensive line before, but we've seen it. He can still do well as a pocket passer when he's when I mean this pretty much goes for any uh, quarterback, but we've seen it with Deshaun Watson as well. The cleaner he's kept in the pocket, the better he is. So I think Watson will have a very good year this year. And I think despite losing to Davion Clowney, this will still be one of the better defenses in the league. I think the Texans will go 12-4 and and win the AFC South. And then coming in second place in the AFC South, one of my boldest predictions, the Jaguars going 10-6 and in making the playoffs. That means, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold up, Aiden. That means your two wildcard spots are set. 
we obviously have the Patriots, Steelers, Texans making they won their divisions, and I have the Browns and Jaguars as my wild card teams. That means in the AFC West, the Chiefs may miss. I may have the Chiefs missing, the Chargers missing. Maybe I have both missing. You'll have to see. You'll have to see. I'm not saying I do, but you'll have to see. I have the Jaguars making the playoffs. Call me a clown, but you have to go bold, and I'll show you the statistics on why I made these decisions. I think the Jaguars are a sleeper team. I love their defense. I can't get enough of their defense. You add the addition as well of Josh Allen. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I think Saxonville is back. Their defense is very good. I think they've got potential. They're young. Oh, I love their defense. It all rests on their offense. Two guys in specifics. In specifically, Nick Foles and Leonard Fournette. And it starts with Leonard Fournette. Fournette needs to establish the ground game. We saw back in 2017 when the Jaguars made the AFC Championship game, Leonard Fournette had a great rookie season. He established the run game, and he gave Blake Bortles that ability to just be a game manager. And Nick Foles should be the same way. I think Foles at at this point is a little better than Blake Bortles, but nonetheless, Foles is going to be a little worse than he was in Philadelphia. I just think Foles was a system guy there, and I still think he'll be okay in Jacksonville, but he'll be a bottom-of-the-line starter. But if you can just make him be a game manager that can maybe give you one or two magical, I mean, you know, drives here and there, because I think Nick Foles is capable of that, you'll be all set. But it all starts with Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette needs to establish that run game, and they need to have a run-heavy offense. I'm not a fan of teams that run their offense through a running back. But I think that's how the Jaguars are going to have to roll this season. I think it's going it's, to, that's, that's what they're going to have to do. And I think guys like DD West, Westbrook are going to have to step up as well for Nick Foles. Uh, Foles, I don't love the weapons in Philadelphia, but they're better than they were in Jacksonville. I think Nick Foles was a system QB in uh, Philly, and I don't think he'll be as good this year in Jacksonville. But if you can just make him be a game manager, if Leonard Fournette can set the tone in the run game, the Jacksonville Jaguars will make the playoffs with the 10-6 and six record. You heard it here first. A few people agree with me there, but that's just my prediction. Then I've got the Titans coming in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Not a huge fan of this prediction, not going to lie. I hate the Titans just because they're such a boring team. I don't believe in Marcus Mariota. And I heard Mariota's story. You know, he's from a Honolulu or Hawaii or whatever. And he's such a good kid, and he he just looks so good. And then he won the Heisman. I get it, but he just hasn't translated to the pro level. I, I like Marcus Mariota as a person, just not as a player. I just think he does not have that ceiling I'm looking for. Uh, he's injury-prone, just all of that. I'm not a big fan of their offense. I underrate their defense a little bit. I look at their defense as a little over average. I'm really not a huge fan of their defense either, although it's definitely better than their offense. It's definitely solid. Uh, so I'll put them at 8-8, eight and eight. and as boring as they are, I can't deny that this team still has, you know, still is solid because last season they were one game away, <coughs> excuse me, from making the playoffs, and the season before that they made the playoffs. So they're always close, so I think they're going to stay relatively close, but 8-8. Eight and eight. Last season I think they went 9-7. and seven. Uh, Let me check real quick, but last season they were one game away from making the playoffs. They were very, very close. And yeah, nine and seven in the season before, I think they went ten and six. And so I just can't take that away. They're, they've been close for the past few years. So I think they're gonna stay relatively close at eight and eight. 
but I just do not see the Titans winning their division or making it to the playoffs. And then rounding things out, this one hurts, but I've got the Colts going 4-12. and Now, some people are going to say, come on. You probably would have the Colts winning their division, and I'm actually kind of, I'm not glad because I am a Colts fan, but just because as a person that believes in the Jaguars this upcoming season, I'm glad the Colts lost Andrew Luck for that reason, because at first I was sitting there like, well, the Colts, I mean, it's hard to not have them make the playoffs, and the Texans look really good. But I want the Jaguars to make it too. And if I have all three making it, that means either the Steelers or Browns aren't going to make it or the Chiefs or the Chargers. One of them aren't making it anyway. But that just made things a lot easier on me. But I've got the Colts going 4-12. The Colts are horrible without Andrew Luck. Whenever Luck has been hurt, whenever Luck, pretty much whenever he's been hurt, they have been bad. I mean, I look at it overall without Andrew Luck. That leaves them now with Jacoby Brissett or Brian Hoyer. Now, Brissett, I, I, if I were the Colts, I'd start Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I wouldn't mind starting Brian Hoyer the first week or two, uh, even though he does probably doesn't know the system, just so that way I don't even say rush Jacoby Brissett in there because Brissett has been marinating in that system for so long now, but just to try to give you a shot because Jacoby Brissett's the wild card, right? But I'd start Brian Hoyer that first week or two. If he comes in and he seems to know the system pretty well, I'd start him just to try to keep your playoff implications. Because Jacoby Brissett, from what we know, is pretty much a wild card. Brian Hoyer isn't any starter, but Brian Hoyer is more of a veteran. Uh, he, I think he could give you, at least off the bat, a better chance of making the playoffs. But if he goes in there and he's average and he starts the season off 1-2 and two or 0-3 oh or whatever, just throw in Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Brissett should be playing by week five. Unless Brian Hoyer leads you to a 4-0 record or 3-1 record, Jacoby Brissett should be playing by week five. Okay? It's that simple. you got to take a chance on Brissett because the last thing the Colts want to do is play Hoyer all 16 games, go 2-14, and get the first overall pick, spend it on Trevor Lawrence or whoever, just to figure out that Jacoby Brissett could have been their guy and they could have spent that first overall pick on, you know, another player that could have, you know, helped out more. So I'd say Brissett should be playing by week five. Uh, if not sooner, week four, week five at the very latest. He could be your sister. He could be your guy. I want to play him for most of the season. At least give him 12 games to play. See how he does. If he does solid enough, maybe you uh, make him the guy at least for one more year. And if he fails, then you're probably going to have a top pick and you can get a quarterback there or you can just sign a free agent. I don't know. But whenever they just don't have Andrew Luck, I just don't like their weapons. Like Marlon Mack, he's solid, but he's nothing special. Their wide receiving gore, I'm just not a huge fan. Like Eric Ebron, he's a bit of a wild card going into the season. He's really only a red zone target. Jack Doyle's very injury prone. I like T.Y. Hilton. But he's he's not I I don't know I I wouldn't really call him elite he's solid but I don't know and behind him there's just no real depth I think they're and their offensive line's great and defensively <sighs> defensively they're improving but they're still not very good like Darius Leonard's a great addition and all but they're just overall. They, they, their defense uh, could use a little help. Overall, without Andrew Luck, they just haven't been good in the past. So I'm going to give him a four and twelve record. I could bump that up to five and twelve. I mean, five and eleven. 
because uh, I have a lot of four-win, three-win, two-win teams here, but I'll, I'll stick it out with four and 12. Wouldn't be shocked if they go like five and 11, though. Now we are going to move on to the AFC West. Okay, so obviously only one team can make the playoffs from the AFC West now, so it's going to be the winner, whoever I announce. And I told you guys, maybe it's not the Chiefs or the Chargers. I'll narrow it down it is. It's the Chiefs or the Chargers. I just got I like to get you guys a little riled up. My winner of the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs at 13 and 3. That means the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders will be missing the playoffs. Yes, even the Chargers. I'll explain in a minute. The Chiefs will go with the record of 13-3. Might have just told you guys that. Uh, kind of forget. But I just think the Chiefs, I think 13-3 and three could even be a little too high. I might want to lower that down to 12-4, and four, but they are just, they're, Andy Reid's a great regular season coach. And I feel like this division isn't phenomenal. Uh, I think the Chargers, between the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders, they'll probably lose one game, most likely between the Chargers or Broncos. And overall, though, I think the Chargers are going to be a 500 team, maybe just over that. The Broncos defensively will be good, but yeah, you get the point. It's just this division overall isn't phenomenal. It's okay. It's not horrible, but I'm just saying overall, I think the Chiefs will win the AFC West this year. With that 13-3 record, they will take the first seed in the AFC just like they did last season. I just think as much as the Chiefs' defense scares me, again, like the Ravens' offense, not really in a good way. Yeah, they did add Tyron Matthew. I think Chris Jones is super underrated. They added, uh, why can't I remember his name, Frank Clark from Seattle. Overall, their defense just has a lot of holes, and they're not very good. They were one of the worst in the league last year, and I don't expect that to really change. I think at best they'll be the 24th best defense in the league. At best. So, yeah, that's just a problem. And that just shows goes to show you how good their offense was last season. They almost beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl with that defense. Yes, that just shows how good of a year Patrick Mahomes had. And he's got a ton of good weapons as well. Obviously, they lost Kareem Hunt. But, you know, you looked at a guy like Damian Williams. He really stepped up last year. Their offensive line might be a little worse this year with the loss of Mitch Morse. Uh, but overall, they're going to have a very uh, firepower offense. I think their offense will be a little worse this season, just a little, because I do think he lost Mitch Morse, and I think Patrick Holmes will be a little worse this season. He'll regress because it's necessary regression because throwing for 5,050 twice in a row has never happened before, and I don't think it will. I don't think Patrick Holmes will do that. So, you know, it'll be you know, he'll still be one of the best players in the league, but he'll regress a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't do that type of season twice. Uh, you got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, the whole bunch. And that offense is going to be very good. And they're going to have a lot of firepower. Hopefully Andy Reid does not break down in the playoffs. But I think this team is built uh, to sustain at least, we you know, regular season success. And then in second, I've got the Chargers going 8-8. Eight and eight. Some people may not like this prediction. Many people have the Chargers going to the playoffs. But this is a statistic I'm going to tell you about soon. And I had to throw the Patriots, obviously, in there. And then between the Steelers and Browns, it was like, Steelers, Browns, who's going to win that division? I'll go with the Steelers, and then the Browns will go in the wild card. And then I knew I had to go bold with one of these, so I 
put the Jaguars in there. And I'll tell you the statistic when I'm done with the regular season predictions. I will. There's a ton of statistics I've heard. And that really helped me make these. I just don't think the Chargers will make it. I just think lot. I think Philip Rivers will regress a little bit from last season. He's getting older. He had an MVP type season last season. I'm not saying he'll have a bad year this year. I'm just saying he won't have as good of a year as he did last season. Melvin Gordon could potentially hold out, and I do think that won't hurt him a lot. I think Austin Eckler will step up and do just fine. Maybe not as good as Melvin Gordon, but I think he'll do pretty close to it actually. Um, they lost Tyrell Williams, who used their third receiver. Overall, they didn't lose a ton of things in the offseason, but I think uh, you did lose Tyrell Williams. That matters somewhat. Same with Melvin Gordon. And I think Philip Rivers will regress a little bit. Derwin James got hurt. That is big. I think this team could get hit with the injury bug. And I'm not here to predict injuries. Not what I'm doing because it's just too hard to do that. But I do think this Chargers defense, as good as it is, it's been hit with injury before. And when I look at their depth, that's one of their biggest concerns. It really is. I mean, overall, they're a the very good roster. On the surface, they're starting 22. Very good. But when you look at their depth, it's not so great. They have good depth at running back. But yeah, they every team has de- good depth at certain positions. Overall, as a whole, their depth is not very good. And they've been hit with the injury bug before. They had one good season last season. I'm not going to hype them up too much. And I want to share that statistic at the end. I want to say it now, but I just want to get it. I'm excited. I just want to tell you guys about the statistic. I think it's very interesting. It's not just one. It's multiple. And then I got the Broncos at a 6-10 record in third place. I've heard a few people, you know, a few you consider analysts of the NFL that are respected say the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. I've heard a few say not a lot. And if you told me that last year, I would like that take. I didn't have the Broncos going to the playoffs last year. I'm getting more bold with this. I am not a bold person, okay? Not not really. Some things I'm bold with. It, you know, I nitpick at it. But I'm getting more and more bold. Last season, I just went with not nothing bold. But I lived off the statistic. I rode with it. And I can't wait to tell you guys because it, it, it hurts. It hurts to stick by the statistic. But at the end of the day... You've got to. You have to stick with the statistic. And not that the Broncos had anything to do with it, but the Broncos at 6-10. and 10, I love the Broncos' defense. I am a fiend for their defense. It is getting a little older, but they do have guys like Bradley Chubb uh, that are going to keep that su- uh, success going. I think if Philip Lindsay can uh, do what he did last season, uh, he'll be one of the better rushers in the league. But overall, I mean, Corlin Sutton could have a breakout year, but we said the same thing last season. I hate Joe Flacco. Oh, my God, he's so bad. Forget it. Drew Locke's not going to come in and do anything for you either. The receiving course, eh. Noah Fant could have a solid season, but it'll be nothing great. Cortland Sutton could have a breakout season, but we said the same thing last season. And if Emmanuel Sanders can stay healthy, he'll be solid, but keyword solid. Nothing special. Overall, then, you either have a bad O-line. I'm just not a huge fan of the Broncos. Uh offense and I think it's gonna weigh them down. I they I could actually see them going seven and uh nine. Now they went six and ten last season, kind of the same position as the Bills. Both went six and ten. Both have better defenses than they do offenses and I both have them going six and ten again. Didn't really realize that. But and I'm not really a huge fan of either of their quarterbacks, but I hate Joe Flacco. Don't hate Josh Allen, but I hate Joe Flacco. Forget it. I, I just was not a huge fan of that trade. But I think the Broncos have to go out there and either sell their defense or they have to buy on offense. Choose one or the other, because right now they're in the middle. 
They're in the middle. They're, you know, seven and ninth, six and 10 team with a very good defense and a bad offense, mediocre offense. And the window is closing on their defense. They need to go out there and get that off those offensive pieces before the de- uh, the defensive window closes for another Super Bowl or Super Bowl contention. Or you sell the pieces. Okay, either sell the pieces on defense or add to your offense. Starting with quarterback. And I know it's hard to get a good Super Bowl-type quarterback out there. But let me just throw this out there. You won with Peyton Manning before. So I'm just saying... You know, if Joe, if the, if it starts with this, if kind of like the Jaguars, if Philip Lindsay can go out there and set the tone in the run game, Joe Flacco can be a game manager, they could do something. But I just don't believe in Joe Flacco the same way I do in Nick Foles. I don't really believe in Nick Foles either, to be honest with you. But it's a little bit different. I think Leonard Fournette could do more than Philip Lindsay. He's a higher ceiling. So I just kind of look at those things. I just like the Jags more as a whole unit compared to the Broncos. I, I still like the Broncos roster more than the average NFL fan, but I just hate that offense. And then rounding things out for the AFC and the AFC West, you the Raiders going 4-12. and 12. Yeah, I just, you know, people say, yeah, Derek Carr's going to have a much better um, receiving core this year. The receiving core is not going to make Derek Carr any better. Derek Carr is going to make Derek Carr better. You saw when Amari Cooper did when he left – Oakland, right? He leaves Oakland with one touchdown in like five, like six games. Goes to Dallas and plays like one of the best receivers in the league with Dak Prescott. So, you know, Dak Prescott's no elite quarterback. He's average. It just goes to show you. I mean, Derek Carr, ever since his injury, hasn't been the same. He's just scared. He's timid. He just throws a lot of check downs. And yeah, you've got Josh Jacobs as well. Have a little bit of a better offense. He'll have a little bit of a better run game. And he'll, the better receiving core will help in ways, but he, he it won't make him much better. It's all about up here. Is Derek Carr going to be able to take the hit? Is he going to be is he going to be scared to take the hits, or will he be able to take the hits? Is he going to be okay with throwing into coverage at times, like not absurd coverage, but you know tight, tough throws, or is it just going to be constant checkdowns? You can't win with checkdowns, okay? You can't be even considered an average quarterback checking it down every time. You just can't. You can't be considered at least an over-average quarterback. I'll give you that. Because Matt Stafford is considered an average quarterback, and he threw a lot of checkdowns last year. But you, you're never going to be anything special. The team's never going to be anything special if you do constant checkdowns. Even if you've got a good playmaker in Josh Jacobs. I don't even care if you have Saquon Barkley. You just can't check down the whole game. It's not how it works. And then their defense. Their defense is not going to win them anything either. They could have picked Devin White. Instead, they went with, or even Josh Allen said they went with Cleveland Farrell. I think Devin White or even Josh Allen would have been a great pick for that team. Cleveland Farrell, eh, he's too inconsistent. That's a guy that you could have got with your second uh, first round pick, probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. But that was too big of a reach. Even with Devin White or Josh Allen, that defense is still horrible. They really don't have any. They're re- they're. Pretty much their whole defense is bad. They're one of, gonna be one of the worst defenses in the league, and I just their offense has talent, but I'm not sure they'll play up to par. So for that reason, I have the Raiders going four and twelve. Uh, now I guess so. You can disagree with me on that. There's talent on offense for the Raiders, no talent on defense, but I don't think the offense uh, talent will play up to par. 
with their talent, and I just don't like their defense either. So that is my take on the AFC, the AFC West. I'll get to my playoff predictions later in the episode, but now we're going to switch gears to the NFC. Okay, now swinging gears over to the NFC. We're going to start with the NFC East. I've got the Eagles winning the NFC East with an 11-5 record. There's some statistic where over the past, I think it's at least the the uh, last decade, it's been at least 8 to 11 years, where in the NFC East, we have never seen a back-to-back winner. And I think that'll stand. That's, the t- that's not one of the statistics that I was meant to get to the end of the episode, but that's one that a lot of NFL fans know. Not a lot, but a good amount, uh, especially if you have a team in the NFC East. No, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I think the Eagles... Overall, I think the Cowboys could have a bit of a down year this year, and I think the Eagles could as well because, you know, the secondary's got some issues. You know, last season they did not play well when Carson Wentz played, and if Wentz goes down with an injury, they have no backup. There's no Nick Foles to save the day anymore, but I do think they have enough talent to win that division with an 11-5 record. It'll be interesting to see how things play out if that streak continues with no back-to-back winner, but I do think it will with the league, uh, with the not illegal, the Eagles winning with the, the division with an 11-5 record. Then in second place, I've got the Cowboys in with the 10-6 record. I think the top two teams in this division are clear. The, it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Giants and the Redskins are going to be at the bottom of the conference, battling it out really for a top pick next year. Well, the Eagles and Cowboys are really competing for the division. And whoever comes in second is just going to have to compete for a wild card spot, I guess. It really goes down to the Eagles and Cowboys here. I think that's pretty clear. I've heard one or two people say the Giants are going to win the division. Uh, they were all Giants fans. So uh, that that just kind of goes to show. 10-6. and six, I do think there could be some issues in Dallas. I don't know. Maybe Jason Garrett blows my game. I don't know. I just think they could regress a little bit this season. Maybe without Zeke for a few weeks. I think that's going to hurt them. I think that's really the big one. No Zeke. I do think Dak Prescott now with Amari Cooper, that'll help. But Dak Prescott has always been an in-run orientated offense. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, every team passes the ball more than they run it. But you got my point. The Cowboys run the ball more than almost any other team. So I saw the stat. I think it was from Two seasons ago, it was two seasons ago, I know, but the Cowboys ran the ball 49.9% of the time. So he's always been in a run-orientated offense, and I think with Tony Pollard, they're going to have to rely on the pass game a lot more, and I wonder how Dak Prescott handles that, you know. Uh, you know, I just don't see Zeke playing this week. It doesn't sound like he will. So if he doesn't even play a week or two, that could hurt them. And in these first few weeks, they have a lot of NFC matchups, especially in their conference. mean division... So these first, you know, five, six weeks here, you've not only got a lot of NFC matchups outside of, I think it's week three or four. You've got a lot of divisional matchups. So, you know, you look at the Redskins and the Giants, and you if you're looking at the Cowboys, you can say, yeah, even without Zeke, we can probably beat them. But at the same time, you don't want to lose to them either if you kind of get what I'm saying. So... That could cost them a game or two. No Zeke. I do think uh, Zeke plays just a big part. And I don't think a running you can, you know, run your offense through a running back and really win a Super Bowl. It's very hard to do. But I just don't think 
losing Zeke makes them any better, if you know what I'm trying to say. And then the Giants at 5-11, and 11, and then the Redskins at 4-12. and 12. I think the Redskins, between the Redskins and Giants, I mean, maybe I'm sleeping on the Redskins a little bit in their defense, because if they can stay healthy, they could potentially be a top-10 defense, but their offense just not look good. They just don't have many weapons. Uh, their O-line isn't horrible, but if they lose Trent Williams, it's not so good. I don't like the quarterback situation. You know, you got Case Keenum, Cole McCoy, Dwayne Haskins, but usually if, you, if you've if you got more than one quarterback that you're kind of sitting there saying, all right, he can start, usually that's not a great thing, and it isn't for the Redskins. They just don't have a weapons. Like Darius Guise could have a good year, but guys, I mean, they could be 5-11. Be and 11. I wouldn't be surprised if they go in third and the Giants come in fourth, but I'll put the Giants at 5-11, and 11, the Redskins at 4-12 and 12 here. Nonetheless, both of them are not going to have very good years. And then we move over to the NFC North, where winning the division, I didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't want to do this, but I didn't really want to do this. But I have said, I don't think the Bears are going to regress. Okay. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. I don't think the Bears will regress, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs either. Okay. I think. Winning the NFC North will be the Minnesota Vikings at 11-5. The Vikings missed the playoffs last season, obviously. That was a disappointment. I thought they'd make it. They went 8-7-1. They tied with the Packers that one game. Really struggled last year. Uh, but the Bears won the division last year with a 12-4 record. And they were on a four-game winning streak to end the year going into the playoffs where Cody Parkey ended their season against the Eagles in Chicago. I mean, they were very good last the last season. The Vikings, though, I think will come out on top this season. The Vikings' defense overall as a whole is about the same as it was last season. Overall... As a roster, they are the same as they were last season. There are not many changes made. Hopefully, Dalvin Cook can uh, stay a bit more healthy and help them out in the run game. I think that would be a huge help. Overall, though, I think the Vikings, pretty much the same team as they were last season. So you're saying, Aiden, how do they go from an 8-7-1 record to 11-5 with the same roster? And it's not like like they were like a young team last year. They're about the same in age. That's a good question. I just think they're going to click better this season. And I think they're just going to have a better year as a unit. They didn't change much, but I just think they'll have a better season. I thought they had a disappointing season last year. They'll come back this season. They've showed us they can make the playoffs before. Back two years ago in the Case Keenum days. Not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins when it comes to really winning games, winning big games. This is a prediction that I think could bite me in the butt. I think it could. Kirk Cousins winning against these good teams, you know. I want to check out the Vikings schedule right now, and I want to pick the Bears to win this division. But a statistic drove me away from it. A statistic drove me away from choosing the Chicago Bears to win their division. You Call me crazy. I mean, this is their, you know, when I look at their schedule, the Vikings schedule that is, Based off my predictions, it's not too, too hard, really. The teams that I predict to go over 500, remember, Kirk Cousins is horrible against over 500 teams. The teams that I predict to go over, there. here are how many teams he has to, they have to face that I predict will go over 500. One, two, three, four, five, five, five. And I have them going 11 and five. 
So I'd say that's a fair prediction. Let's say he goes one and four against those five teams and then drops one one or two more games. Ten and six, maybe. Eleven, five, ten, and six. They don't have a lot of over five hundred teams that they have to face. Seven at max. It'll be seven at max. It may be eight. Okay. Seven to eight at max, but in my predictions it's five. It's risky putting the Vikings here just because you know there are some they could half their schedule could potentially be five over five hundred teams, but I doubt that'll happen. So I'm gonna roll the dice with the Vikings at eleven and five, and the Bears at ten and six. Now the Bears could make the playoffs still. Between the Bears and the Cowboys, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. But this is a weird Bulls prediction. November tenth, okay, November tenth. I, th- I believe no, 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 not November tenth. Scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. I'm on the Vikings roster. I mean, I'm on the Vikings schedule. Let me go back to the Bears schedule. This game, December 5th, 2019. I believe this is Sunday night foot. Is this Sunday night football? Let me see. I want I wanna get the I wanna get the 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 day. What day is this? Let me look. December 5th, 2019. December 5th, 2019. Get that. That is Cowboys versus Bears. The winner of that game will get the sixth wildcard spot. Mark my words. The day, December 5th. Let's get it. Where, where is it? Uh, let's see. December 5th is a Thursday. Thursday night football. December 5th is Thursday night football between the Cowboys and the Bears. It's going down. That is week 14. Week 14, Thursday night football, December 5th, 2019, 8.20 p.m. Mark your calendars because the Cowboys and the Bears will be playing for the sixth wild card spot on that day. Bold, weird prediction, but mark my words, that is how it's going to play out. Both will have 10 and 6 records. So I'm going to, I don't do game by game predictions. I haven't done that. But I'm just going to roll the dice with the Cowboys. But take your pick between the Cowboys and the Bears. Yep. Take your pick between the Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. Okay? In my predictions, take your pick for the sixth spot. If you decide to go with the Cowboys, if I... Here, I'm going to say... I'm going to put in my predictions, if not Bears. Okay? I just want to throw that one in there because I don't want, at the end of the year... The Cowboys to win that game, because that would just be such a good prediction. Uh, Bears to win that game. Cowboys, if not Bears, for that sixth spot. I think that game will determine who gets the sixth seed. And then I've got the Packers going 7-9. and nine. I just think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur could have worked out, but from what I've heard so far, they just are not working out. I think overall, the Packers are a bit of a better team, so that's why instead of going... Six, what was their record? Six, nine, and one. They'll go seven and nine. They'll be slightly better. But overall, I just don't. They could go eight and eight potentially, but I think uh, strength of schedule hurt them a bit. And overall, I just think Matt LaFleur, he's an offensive minded coach. And if him and Rodgers aren't going to click, well, then they're kind of toast. And then the Lions are five and 11. They made some good offseason additions, but I don't see them. Really making much noise. And then we move over to the NFC South. I've got the Saints winning that division with a 12-4 and record. Uh, I do think Drew Brees will regress this season. I do. But 
The Saints just have so many good weapons. You've got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. You've got a good O-line. And I do think outside of Michael Thomas, they just don't have anything. But they've got such a good defense as well. And I do think Drew Brees will regress this season. But kind of like Tom Brady, the system will keep him from really showing off that regression, really. He'll still be at least a top seven, eight quarterback in the league. But I do think he will regress as the season goes on. I think it'll hurt him playoff time, kind of like it did these past playoffs. But nonetheless, I think the Saints will go 12-4 and because the weapons around are too good, and Drew Brees will still be a solid quarterback in the league, one of the better ones, just not as good as he was last season. Then we had a wild card team from the NFC South, not the Saints, the Falcons going 10-6. and The Falcons will find their way back into the playoff. You know me. I love Matty Ice. I love the weapons he's got as well. I'm not the biggest Julio Jones fan, but I can't deny he's one of the best receivers in the league. I like Calvin Ridley. Mohamed Sanu's all right. I like me some Austin Hooper. Hopefully that O-line's better, especially on the interior. You need to uh, really protect the interior on your offensive line because when Matt Ryan's pressured from the interior, things tend to get a little ugly. But if you can protect that interior... Matt Ryan could be even better than he was last season. Last season, he threw for over 4,000 yards, and he had 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And although he is getting older, I think he could put up those similar stats. But really, injuries, they need to bounce back from injuries. You know what the offense is going to give you, with or without Devontae Freeman. But can Devontae Freeman bounce back, have a good season, and really, um, and really, what's the word? give you that production he did before, can he really complete that offense? Because outside, uh, their passing game is already incredible. And if they can fix up that interior of the offensive line, they'll be great. Now it's just down to what can the run game do. If Devontae Freeman can come back and have a good, the Falcons could be one of the better offenses in the league if Devontae Freeman can come back and run the ball well. Then defensively, oh, I saw the Falcons put up 30 points too, mon- too many times and lose last season. I saw it way too many times. The defense needs to be better. They did lose Desmond Trufant. He's a very good underrated corner. Lost him to San Francisco, but they need a bounce back from these injuries. They need to step up. They've got some playmakers on defense, but they need to come together as a unit and let up less points this season and help Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense. Then in third, I've got the tie, Panthers and the Buccaneers, both at 7-9. and nine. Now, I know the Panthers were hit with the injury bug last season, and they still managed to go 7-9. and nine, So if they bounce back, if the Falcons are bouncing back from their injuries, why not the Falcons? I mean, the Panthers, well, I'm just not a fan of the Panthers, to be honest. They've got a nice front seven. Uh, you know, they've got a physical front seven. Uh, they've got one of the best running backs in the league, Christian McCaffrey. I think they've got a lot of unproven but solid, nice little wide receivers. And I kind of hate on Cam Newton a little too much, but I just don't like that whole shoulder injury. I just think him throwing the football, it's just not good. And I just don't like their system overall. I'm just not a fan of the Panthers. And then the Bucks, I got them going seven and nine. I could argue 6-10 and 10 as well, but I think Jameis Winston will have a bit of a better season this year. I want to buy into Jameis Winston so badly because the potential is there with Jameis Winston, but he needs to play out. It's a make-or-break season for Jameis Winston. If he breaks this season under Bruce Arians, he's going to lose the job in Tampa Bay, and it'll be tough for him to find a job somewhere else because he failed under the quarterback whisperer. So, Unless it's a, ba- a backup job. Uh, but it'll be ha- hard for him to find a starting job. It's a big year for him. But even if James Winston, that Bucks offense, does solid, 
that defense is really going to weigh him down. Yeah, you got Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, you had Devin White, but those guys can't carry a whole defense. I think their defense is going to struggle. And even if James Winston does well, I don't think their offense will be one of the best in the league. And for that reason, I just don't see them carrying that defense. They're in a tough division. They'll go seven and nine. But even if they could go seven and nine and see James Winston have a solid year and just come away saying, all right, we need to upgrade the defense, I think that would be a win for Tampa Bay. Then we move over to the NFC West. I've got the Rams winning this division. Now, you don't know how bad I wanted to pick the Seahawks just because of the statistic I'm about to tell you. Sorry, just because of the statistic. But I couldn't because I'm just not that big of a believer in the Seahawks. The Rams did lose Todd Gurley. Well, they didn't lose Todd Gurley, but they lost. I think they lost the Todd Gurley we saw last season in the regular season. I don't think we're going to see that same Todd Gurley. But I think we'll see around 90% of that, at least this season. I think that'll hurt him more at the end of his career. But I don't think you can rely on Todd Gurley as much as he did last season, which means more Jared Goff. Not a huge fan of that. But Jared Goff's in a great system. I think he's a system quarterback, but he's got a lot of weapons. I think the Rams will be a little worse than they were last season, but nonetheless, they'll win the division with an 11-5 and record. Then I've got the Seahawks at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. The Seahawks really weren't even that great last season until down the stretch. They really picked up their play to go 10-6 and six and get a wild card spot. I really just thought that was magic from Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Bobby Wagner. I mean, Bobby Wagner, you know, that Seattle defense had a few other pieces, but Bobby Wagner glued them all together. Russell Wilson really had no weapons, no offensive line, and he just made plays, and Pete Carroll had some great play calling offensively and defensively. I still think Russell Wilson will be very good this season. I still think Bobby Wagner will hold down that defense, and I do think that defense is better, and I still think Pete Carroll will have good play calls. But with that being said, I just don't see it happening again. I just think it'll catch up to them. Their lack of weapons around Russell Wilson will catch up to them. Now their deadly front seven, I do think, will patch up the holes they do have in the secondary. But I think, like, Russell Wilson had a heroic effort to push them into the playoffs last season. Now his weapons are even worse. You lose Doug Baldwin. And I think that running back, they don't have a star running back, but their core is pretty good. But overall, I think they're running back horribly worse this season. I hate to say it, but I think it will. And their offensive line really didn't make any additions as well. So I think that's going to catch up to them this season. They'll go 8-8. Eight and eight. Then I got the 49ers at 7-9. and nine. I want to bump that down to 6-10. and 10. But I know Jimmy Garoppolo struggled in the preseason, struggled in the um, training camp. But I do think he'll be an upgrade over C.J. Beathard at the least. And I do think we saw what he can do. So Jimmy G, I mean, he, the 49ers could be a sleeper to make the playoffs if Jimmy G can stay healthy and return to what he was before his last injury. If he can't, then the 49ers might be in trouble. Overall, defensively, the 49ers have pieces, but they need to piece it all together. Uh, I like the addition of Desmond Trufant. I think if Trufant can come back from his injury, if Sherman can come back from his injury they've one of the better cornerback duos in the league I think Sherman's starting to age though unfortunately they've got other playmakers there maybe Nick Bosa can make a big impact in his rookie season then offensively Jimmy G's not gonna have a ton of weapons but Matt Breida could step up and maybe do the same they did last season at 49ers O-line although Joe Staley's getting older at the age of 35 
they are starting to improve. Uh, with guys like Mike McGlinchey at the right tackle position, he's starting to keep continues to develop and get even better. I just like to see, you know, it all relies on Jimmy G. I just think he should at least be better than whatever they were throwing Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard last season. And then the Cardinals will go 5-11. and I had way too many teams going 4-12. and I had the Redskins, the Raiders, the Colts, uh, and then the Dolphins and Bengals going 3-13, and 2-12. So I said, you know what? We'll throw in another 5-11 and team uh, with the Detroit Lions in the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cardinals defense is very underrated. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not elite or star studded, but it was one of the better, especially pass rushing. I think they were a top five pass rushing team last season and they added Terrell Suggs. So that, that could mean something. And I just think Cliff Kingsbury's system uh, will pay dividends in a way. I don't like Cliff Kingsbury, but I, and I just think he's overrated. But I think his system will play dividends in certain situations at times, and it'll pay off a few games. I think the Cardinals will go five and eleven because I think their offense will be somewhat solid. I think their offense will be maybe a bit surprising here and there and look real good. And I think their defense is underrated, so the Cardinals will go five and eleven. It may be surprise people. Some people think they're oh, yeah, probably three and thirteen or four and twelve. Five and eleven. I'm not going to go past that though. I'll say five and eleven. Uh, as I repeat myself. And now we move over to the playoffs. Actually, forget it. It's time for the statistic. Okay, so again, to wrap up today's episode, I'm going to get to my awards. Starting off with MVP. I'm going to go with an offensive player, which means this player is also going to win Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm going with Deshaun Watson. Oh, that hurts. Okay. If he, oh God, okay, it's bold, I know, it's bold, you guys are kind of, not loving that prediction, I do think he's at least an MVP candidate, especially when you add a guy like Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, he's got to be at least a candidate, Uh, I want to go with Mahomes, I really do, but I want to go bold also, because, you know, why not, I, you know, I could easy, I could go with the easy answer and go Mahomes, and I do think Mahomes, I love Mahomes, oh my God. And he's going to be at least top three, top four in the voting, right? But I just said, you know what, I want to go bold. And I think after I decided, you know what, the Texans will go 12-4. and four. And I know I have the you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs going 13-3, which is one win better. And they're not going to get as much defensive help. But still, I think Deshaun Watson will put up some big-time numbers. And I just think when you add Laramie Tunsil, it's really going to help protect him, keep him healthy. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood. And I just also think it'll uh, help him clean in the pocket. He won't be as harassed. You had Kenny Stills. If he'll be a nice third option uh, behind one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. So he'll win MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. My prediction, I went bold there. The easy prediction's Mahomes, but you know what? If I'm already going bold this episode... I might as well continue that. And then my defensive player of the year is Aaron Donald. I'm not betting against this guy. I think he has a chance to go 20 sacks again. I mean, really. I mean, this guy is just a beast. I mean, I could go with a guy like, I don't know, Miles Garrett, maybe even Bradley Chubb. I, like, I, I, if he really, really continues to see. And I love Bobby Wagner, maybe him. A Khalil Mack, a Miles Garrett, even Jamal Adams, Darius Leonard, some guys like that. I don't know. 
But I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. I do think there are guys that could win it, but Aaron Donald's just on another level. I mean, this guy is just such a special talent. Uh, he's just a beast. He can. He's so durable as well. Very rarely will you see him get hurt. I mean, I've seen him lose his temper once or twice, but, I mean, this guy is just a beast. He's on a different level than everyone else on the field. Then my rookie of the year and offensive um, rookie of the year, I'm going to go with fight the bullet here. You don't know how bad I want to go Kyler Murray here, but I can't. I can't. I can't, okay? I just can't go Kyler Murray. I had to go Josh Jacobs. Oh, there are not very good. Uh, there aren't a lot of good offensive rookies. And the reason I want to say go Kyler Murray is because the the offense, the rookie of the year award really based off stats. Kyler Murray could really put up those stats. I ooh, I want to say Kyler Murray. I'm going to go Kyler Murray cuz I just can't I can't see really anyone else winning it, to be honest with you. Maybe Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs can get the touches necessary, but uh, you could throw in David Montgomery as well. But I think, um, you know, if it co- if it's going down to stats, I think, um, uh, what's his face? Tariq Cohen's going to get a lot of touches as well. And I know I don't like this prediction personally. It's just a gut feeling. I know a lot of people are, why are we overrating Kyler Murray so much? But who else is going to get the amount of touches Kyler Murray will? It's all about stats. Doesn't mean Kyler Murray will have a phenomenal year. There's just not a lot of people competing with them. I want to pick a defensive player, but we've like never seen. I think I looked at it. A defensive player's never won the Rookie of the Year award. Let me check that again. But, I mean, I think when I checked, no, uh, at least since 2002, we've never seen a defensive player win Rookie of the Year. I wanted to pick a defensive player. I want to change that tide, but it's just not going to happen. It just never does. So there are a lot more options defensively than offensively, and I hate overing Kyler Murray, especially because I was hating on him before he got into NFL. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and succeed, but I think he's got a good system around him. I think he's got a solid defense to back him up. And I overall think you could edge it out. There's not a lot of competition there either. Then my defensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go Devin Bush. Uh, I could go De- – I love Devin White. I don't love Quinnen Williams and Nick Bosa. I like them. Who does not like them? But I don't love them, but, I, like, I love Devin Bush. I love Devin White. And I think Devin Bush is going to be put in the spotlight because he's in Pittsburgh, one of the bigger teams in the league. Uh, and they're a playoff-caliber team, so I think he's going to get the show up in that spotlight. He's the playmaker that Pittsburgh needs in the open field ever since they lost Ryan Chazier. So I think he's just going to be able to shine. I think he's going to put up the stats. I liked what I saw from him in the preseason. I think he's going to continue that success. He's just a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. Oh, it's just a match made in heaven. And I think he's really going to ball out the season and win Defensive Rookie of the Year. So what do you guys think? Uh, it's a pretty long episode. I... Uh, predicted that. I'm glad I got this episode uh, done today. I thought it might, it might stretch in tomorrow, which will be bad. Don't expect an episode tomorrow because I just, I think I'm going to be very, very busy tomorrow. And I've got some stuff planned for the NFL. I hope to do some pick them. I hope to actually predict every quarterback's statistics going into next season. That'll probably be Wednesday that and my pick them. I'll probably pick, uh, make my game picks every week. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But just don't expect an episode tomorrow. I want to reach outside the NFL a little bit. Who who does not have their mind on the NFL right now? Like, as the MLB season heats up, obviously, in a 
few weeks, we'll really get into the MLB race and reach outside the Red Sox. And in a month or so, we'll start really NBA and uh, NHL again. I do hope to preview every NBA team going into this next season, though. So stay tuned for that. That should start up really, really soon. Uh, so I just want to get out of the NFL a little bit. Not that I, I want to talk NFL, but I know you guys might be getting a little sick of it in a way. So for those of you who are not NFL fans, I'm sorry. I doubt you'd be listening to this, but I'm sorry. Okay? But it's just, it's NFL season, man. And there's just nothing else going on. It's a dry season in the NBA. Nothing going on in the NHL. There's some stuff to talk about in the MLB, but I'm just in NFL mode right now. I'm trying to just, I'm just grinding through this. And I love just talking, obviously, about sports and the NFL season is really starting to heat up, and I just want to try to get as much stuff done, as many predictions, as many previews done as possible before it's too late. So thank you guys for listening. Again, call in on the Anchor Mobile app. Type uh, Download the Anchor Mobile app on the App Store, Google Play, whatever you have, and type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk inside the app. You can send in a voice message that way. If you can't get the app, don't worry. Go on Safari, type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk on Anchor, and you can send in a voice message on there. Also, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. I have a pretty inconsistent schedule. I hate to say it, that's just I have a busy lifestyle. And you can uh, stay alerted with podcast alerts on there. And I also do uh, some cool sports content as well uh, to keep you guys entertained. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.